Thank you, Chris. Rachel St. Pierre from Linwood is on the line. Rachel, do you have the Money Madness School of the Day? Yes. The Gonzaga Bulldogs. That yeah. is correct. That is Rachel, it. you've you've won $200 in cash, and you qualify for the grand prize, which is a two-night luxury suite at Harrow's Resort SoCal, would include a $250 resort credit and $1,000 in spending cash. So you're qualified for that prize, but you got $200. Congratulations. What are you going to do with the money? Oh, pay some bills. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. I love it. Well, that is fantastic. Now, listen. Make sure to listen tomorrow at 4.15, and we will announce another Money Madness School of the Day. All right, so that was our Money Madness School of the Day, 4.15 each and every weekday. Make sure you're tuning in. All right, so Kendrick Perkins is going to join us in, you know, I don't know, like five, six minutes or so. Um, in the interim, um, so let's just kind of recap where we were with Brian. Um, LZ, I I agree with you yesterday that you can't find a third person in a front court in NBA history that's probably as talented as Andre Drummond, but I would draw, I I mean, I would pull the eject button on calling it a big three because I don't think that it's that, and I also don't think he's in the long-term plans. You seem to think so, but I I don't buy that necessarily. now, Now I'm really confused. Yesterday, you admitted that you couldn't think of a front court. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. So then why are they not a big three? If you're the greatest front court of all time, then how the hell are well, you not a big three? Well, I that's mean, the whole thing. That is where this whole <laughs> but debate I don't think, Because I don't think he's the third. No, no, no. Here's why. I don't think he's the third most talented player on the roster. That wasn't the question. No, but, well, but you can't be the big. The big three is the three most talented people on the roster. Is it not? I mean... A front court is three players, so I no, wasn't I get including. That, but so I wasn't including the back court in the analysis. No, of, no, I, of I, I get it. They but, that, three. but I think there's a difference there. Is what I'm saying. I don't think those two things are synonymous. Like I don't think. I think you can be potentially the best front court we've ever seen because of the three players involved. Now, granted, the the two that are most important play a huge factor but, in that. But, um, but absolutely. But at the same time, and, and 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 Brian, this is the reason why I kept pushing back on him because. You, it's really hard to say he's among the greatest rebounders of the past 20 years and then turn around with the other side of your mouth and try to dismiss his contributions to this franchise. Well, reboundings <laughs> don't matter as much as it used to, though. Okay. Um, I, I guess that's one brand of basketball. I mean, considering- the Warriors kind of showed us that, right? And the, the, the Nets are trying to replicate that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, even LeBron's Heat teams weren't the greatest rebounding teams. Like, if you look at the last decade, there's not a lot of great rebounding teams. All right, but hold on what, one second. Let me, let me just jump in for one second, because here's what I think we got to look at with this argument between Brian and LZ. LZ And said, by the way, I wouldn't call it an argument. I, I would. Just, I was, was going to say, full, I full say when, you, when you good. said argument, I was like going, huh. No, I, really, I don't think it was, it was an argument. Good, it's a it good debate. Argument. It's a good debate. Debate. A debate okay. is better. So, it's so it's look, a debate. Yeah. It's okay, a debate so that listen. I won. Here, here's what LZ said. Well, here's what LZ, words. <laughs> LZ said yesterday that now the addition of Andre Drummond, the Lakers have the greatest front court ever. Yes. And yes. then LZ said, I challenge you two, two yes. of us and everybody else, to yes. debunk what I'm selling. Right. And right. we did a very lousy job of coming up with debunking. Right. Well, because what the Windhorst, parameters were three front court players, but, which but is hard. What, but what Windhorse did was just come on the air and laugh at us the same way those dudes were laughing at him during his podcast. Like, 
No way, no chance Steph ever leaves. And he's laughing at us like, wait, you think Andre Drummond is now part of a big three? You think they're the greatest front court? You guys no, are No, no, he didn't, he didn't. I don't think he, he argued the Brit. I don't think he even a t- a touched on the greatest front court part. He just mentioned the big three part, to be I fair. Think, I, I think he did say something about greatest front court or something like that. But the point being is this. Um, we're both entitled to our opinions. I just use Brian's opinion to support my own because it just makes no rational sense to suggest that someone is in the top 20 of a major category or a top player in a major category for the past 20 years and then dismiss what they bring to the table, especially the table that already has LeBron and AD. On top of the fact that, yes, George, you can make the argument about how rebounds don't matter. But what makes Andre Drummond special is because I believe for the last five seasons, he's led the league and turning offensive rebounds into points. So it's not just he's getting defensive rebounds, which may or may not matter as much, but he's an offensive person that you have to deal with because of what he does with the offensive boards. Again, I'm not trying to say that I got all the answers, but I'm damn sure not going to sit up here and let someone tell me that he's the greatest rebounder or among the greatest rebounders the past 20 years, but don't expect out anything out of him. And I'm damn sure not going to let him sit up and say, you know, he hustles, he go, he go, he plays hard, he does everything right, but yeah, he's not really going to help us. Like, which is it? Well, what his what his main <laughs> well, point think, was, think, and his main I, I don't think he was, said. Hold on, he didn't say he wouldn't help you. He says you. I don't know if you can count on him to be a big contributor because he said. said that all of the statistics that he has produced in other places are empty don't in result basic, in but, victories yeah. but that is what but, his but, argument but there's a very right speci- about that. but there's a very specific reason why okay he's not a number one okay and that's and that's okay the pistons gave him that contract because they thought he was going to become a number one correct no one wanted to trade for him because that's a number one's contract that is totally different than the value he brings to the court what the executives decide to do is an example of bad decision-making, which is what I was trying to infer multiple times when I brought up Detroit and Cleveland. Bad decision-making. But that their bad decision-making does not translate into Andre Drummond. It's not a dominant player. <laughs> he just isn't a guy you can throw the rock to and say, bring us home, big fella, like a Patrick Ewing, like an Elijah now, Warren. Let, let me ask you a he, quick question. He can't question. do that. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe... In the postseason, at any point, there is a possibility that Andre Drummond can get played off the floor. I do believe that the Lakers' best lineup, until we see them all, I do believe their best lineup is small ball with Anthony Davis at the five. Right. So you think there are moments where Andre Drummond could be a problem being on the floor, depending on a matchup? I do believe there are moments that Vogel's going to decide to go with his best lineup. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that to me says that his – his contribution, albeit important, can be limited. I do believe that Shaq had to sit because of foul trouble or because they didn't want to deal with the hack of Shaq. Yeah, does but that, that was only that, the last two minutes. But of does, that mean, does that mean or, or, or that Shaq, does that mean away. now because Shaq has to be sat down because he can't hit free throws that all of a sudden now he's being played off the court and he's a problem? No, it um, means that he's it means that the coach is coaching. Yeah, but I also am not comparing Andre Drummond to Shaq like this. No, yeah. what I'm comparing are situations to situations. Which is, if there's a situation where a lineup works better against an opponent, Vogel has proven that he's able to make that adjustment without being married to a starting lineup. I sure, appreciate that. I, I agree. But what I'm saying to you is this: if you can get played off the floor, 
um, for long, for game, like I'm not talking about just a few minutes. I'm talking about there could be games where he could be not necessarily available to them because of the matchup situation. That, if that's that the case, true. you can't be part of a big three, in my opinion. Now, it still doesn't mean he's not unbelievably talented at what he does, but that's where I that that to me, whether it's a small sliver, uh, you know, as far as a line is concerned, I, I do draw a line there because I think in today's modern NBA, I think there are matchups where he's not going to be playable. There, there are certainly can be matchups where it may appear that he won't be playable. We still have to wait and see because right, part of sure. the reason because part of the reason why Dwight Howard wasn't on the floor wasn't about his game. It was about his inability to keep up on the perimeter. Correct. And, every, and everything that I see about Drummond, he doesn't seem as if he's extremely vulnerable on the perimeter. Oh, so see, I, I think so, he is. So I got to wait to I, see. I think he is. I don't I think he's as vulnerable see. as Dwight because Dwight had age uh, issues. But I, I don't think – here's the thing. Drummond is bigger and thicker than Dwight. Like, he's yes. not easily – like, Dwight, even as he was older, could occasionally still try to tra- stay in front of someone. I don't think Andre Drummond on the perimeter is – is. I don't even know if he's as good as Dwight was at that stage. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But a guy with those hands who, as I said, was number three in steals. I believe he's led the league – led all centers in steals like the last three or four seasons. A guy mm-hmm. with that kind of arm length and, and natural ability to kind of you know play the lanes like that – where the lanes are very important on the perimeter, we got to see. I don't know. I, I don't know all, what he looks like in the perimeter with Anthony Davis. I don't know. And all be all, though, on this whole thing is he was really essentially free. So he's yes. now a yes. role player on a team that is expecting its two superstars back that has a glaring need for an extra big body. And by the way, you got a free big body with all the statistics that say he's a great rebounder and can be a contributor. I just happen to think that it's interesting to hear Wendy's perspective because I think we're all caught up in the euphoria of they just got so much better, and he's got that outsider perspective of, wait a second, you guys think he's big three and long-term? He's just a small part. And he actually said, don't expect him to contribute very much. He also like, said that the Clippers were a better team than the Lakers and that the Lakers were going to struggle. Well, the that game. was last year, though. Exactly. So I'm just saying. He's a well, great but a reporter. lot of people got that wrong. Like that's I, not just I, him. I though. didn't. I didn't. Okay, you were one that okay, didn't okay. get it wrong. LZ. So, so, so the I same. Picked, so the same I, person I, is, I also is saying the Lakers. So the same person. But it's not to me we're always going to be right. Like, True. There's that too. I just want to point out the same person is telling you Andre Drummond is going to be a huge help for us, and if we can keep him, he will help fortify okay. our championships of winning championships going forward. I, I think he will help you win a championship this year. I don't know about moving forward. If we can keep him, we'll see. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I that you know, I could be wrong clearly, but I, I can define help for me. Like what? What? Like give me the ideal, like Andre Drummond game for you when everyone's healthy. Like what? What do you need him to do? Like just give me like a what, quick laundry if every, list. If, if everyone's healthy, this is what I envision. Okay, on the, give on it the, to me. on the defensive side, mm-hmm. right? He's a big body. He takes up a lot of space. He uses his arms and hands extremely well to clog mm-hmm. the passing lanes. His ability to get a defensive rebound and let out outlet passes that are precision allows the Lakers to keep running. And we're okay. best when we're running. And having Anthony Davis and LeBron out in the wings running as opposed to rebounding helps us tremendously. And then on the offensive end, absolutely, 
You know, I'm expecting him to gather as many offensive rebounds as possible and just keep doing what he's been doing his whole career, which is be among the best ever in terms of scoring off of offensive rebounds. The rate that he scores off offensive rebounds is crazy ridiculously good. So if he just does what he's been doing, only he doesn't have to be the number one in terms of a scoring option because he doesn't have game like that as a scoring option, but he does everything else extremely well. And we don't need him to be that number one scoring option or number two or number three or even number four. That means all the buckets we get from him, we don't even need them because he's going to be pounding that offensive glass. So, again, I ain't trying to say, oh, dude, only he's talking about when it comes to ball. Clearly he does. We disagree on how Andre Drummond is going to be utilized. But I do not, repeat, will not categorize Andre Drummond's potential with the Lakers based upon how he was miscast in Detroit and Cleveland. I like it, LZ, because, you know, it's kind of the same stuff I was saying about Stafford. Like, hey, listen, it's great. You've upgraded a position, but it has never equated to wins. I thought it was really interesting to, to hear Brian talk like that. But I also think that Drummond fills a dire need for 100%. this roster this year. 100%. Yeah. I, no no one would debate you on that. No one would debate you on that, for sure. Um, it, look, it'll be fascinating to see. I, I think, look, I, I said this yesterday. I think it helps them in the short term, right? Mm-hmm. Because they yep. just need bodies, right? Like, it, 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 you know, they're trying to win as many games as they can. And we don't know how many games they're going to win here. The, you know, we all agree that they're probably going to fall in the standings because the yep. West is hard, right? So, and you're missing your best two players for at least a couple more weeks. So, you know, whatever wins you can scrap together, that's a good thing. And then, in you know, once AD comes back, um, I, you know, I, he, he helps in the sense that AD doesn't love playing center despite playing 60% of his possessions there last year. And, uh, and we know LeBron with any big man is going to be good. Like, he's going to get him easy baskets. But um, I, I am just curious to see ultimately what it looks like against certain matchups, right? Like, the matchup the, – look, ultimately, we're talking about the Nets, right? Like, that's really what we're talking about here. That mm-hmm. in the finals, um, you know, I, I don't – like, I don't see DeAndre Jordan playing all that much uh, with the Nets, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be KD playing center uh, for the Nets when push comes to shove. And that's certainly not an Andre Drummond um, situation there. Well, listen, well, I, I don't know if the, the Nets are going to make it. You know, we got to wait on the he- on the health of KD, you know, to that point. Then, obviously, we know about James' struggle and some of the big games in the postseason. So, we got to wait and see on what the Nets actually are. Um, and, I, you know, I wish them luck because I think the finals could be fantastic. Star-studded for sure. But for the Lakers, getting Drummond allows us to out-big people again. Mm-hmm. And with a healthy AD, we can out-small ball you. So I feel very complete now and very satisfied with having Drummond on this squad, and I would like to keep him because a 27-year-old who can rebound the way that he does and, and cover as much space as he does, um, I understand we got him for free, but that doesn't mean he's, he ain't worth it. He ain't worth more, that's for sure. All right, coming up next, positivity. That's what I'm going to tell you. That's what I'm selling for you. Positivity (laughs) because there is something going on with the boys in blue that is magical. We'll tell you about that in just a few moments. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. 
Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, Casey and Tahunga. There we go. Daily segment. Who says no? Got a replay. He was so good. Mm. Yeah. Greg, you should give him a show after Sliwa and, uh, and Travis and Sliwa. He can have from 9 to midnight. There you go. I like the it. Casey and Tahunga show. Wow. By the way, man, USC got destroyed, dude. Gonzaga's yeah. got – it's 80-63 to 63 with a minute 18 to go. Yeah. Gonzaga just completely steamrolled USC. So, again, They're when you buy your own hype and you read things like, USC is a team that's built to beat Gonzaga, you're like, yeah, they are. Nope. And then you, they play and you're like, no, they're not because no, they're not. No. no. I'm not even sure if they were even coached to even beat this team. You know, I like mean, it, Andy Enfield. Andy Enfield did get. I mean, listen, he's a good coach because he got. He, he like remember he took Florida Gulf Coast to the Sweet Sixteen. Like you got to be a good coach to have that happen. But yeah, like, yeah. but this Gonzaga team. A lot team, of brothers on that squad too. <laughs> this Gonzaga <laughs> team is uh, is a machine. You know what I mean? Like they they've been really good for a long time. They've yet to win a national championship. They're undefeated. They've blown everyone out of the water. They are a machine, and they've got a guy. This has never – at least I don't recall this happening. Uh, I know Demata Sabonis was a lottery pick, but, like, Jalen Suggs is, like, a top three or five lottery pick. Yeah, like, that's got, different for Gonzaga. That says a lot about him, yeah. about Suggs. You yeah. know, not going into one of those schools that, on his paper, had a better chance of winning a national championship, but going to a school that's always been close but no cigar, and sometimes not even close, just a cigar. Right. And decide that I'm going to, you know, help lead them to the promised land. That says a lot. Yeah. yeah. We, we desperately need a 30 for 30 kind of behind the scenes look at the Gonzaga basketball program with one question. How are they able to do this? They play in a tiny little conference with no competition. They play in, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest in Spokane. It's not even Seattle. Yeah. They have a very small gym that they play in. How are they able to do this? And uh, I'm ready for that film. I'll watch that. Uh, I, I'm curious to see, man, like if they win it all. I, I picked them. Uh, Greg says I've got the winning bracket, and I was I was stunned when you said so far that I am leading our 710 ESPN bracket competition. Yeah, you're way ahead. It's not even close. You actually have 95% of the correct answers. And it's the next closest is Alan Sliwa with 85, but he has Illinois winning, so he can't get to anywhere near you. Does he have point. Illinois winning? <laughs> or did he actually pick Illinois? Like, did he make his selection? Or like LZ picked Illinois. Illinois exactly. was actually was supposed to be the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. So, you Listen, know, it, you know who I go to for my college basketball analysis? Because this man, this man watches everything, okay? My guy... Kendrick Perkins, who was on with me on the jump today. Like, when I needed go-to college hoops knowledge today, I went to Big Perk. Perk, Gonzaga, are they a machine or what? Yes, they are, George. And what I told you today, what I told you today. You told me USC had no chance. Yeah. They had no chance, zero chance. And look, we we on two days in a row. Hey, man, listen, this is a blessing in disguise. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) <laughs> two days, two times in one day. I love it. I know. I love it too, Perk. Now, Perk, let me ask you this question real quick. We uh, 
We were talking earlier about Dancing with the Stars, and we had Wendy on, and he gave his suggestions. If you had to pick, it's the 30th season of Dancing with the Stars. If you had to pick one ESPN employee and also, separately, one athlete that you think could win Dancing with the Stars, who would you go with? Oh, so I would think, listen, so one employee that I think that could win it would be Stephen A. Smith. Okay. I think he got I think he got rhythm. I think he, I would love to see him all <laughs> dancing on the stars, okay? That's <laughs> that's the first thing. And if it was an athlete, you know what? I would go again with one of my fellow colleagues who played professional football. I would go with Big Marcus Spears. Oh, okay. Big Swagoo. Yeah, yeah, Big Swagoo, straight from Bad Rouge, Louisiana. I know he got rhythm in him. I know he got all the <laughs> I see that all that I marching up and down everything. the streets. Yeah, you you're right about right. that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he been Zodacoing all his life, so uh, dancing with the stars is nothing to him. <laughs> so so Andre Drummond is dancing with the stars out in Hollywood now. Uh, what do you mm. expect from him, and do you think this is the piece the Laker needed to get back to the big dance? You know what I do? Uh, with a healthy LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis, I, I honestly do think that Andre Drummond is the key. Here's the thing, right? A lot of people, I've been seeing a lot of disrespect towards Andre Drummond but we have to realize this season he's averaging 17 points and 14 rebounds. And I think his career on averaging for his rebounding is like 14. He's a dynamic roller, a live threat at the basket. And I just want to see because you guys know this. George, you know this, right? From being around LeBron, well, I watch guys that team up with him and they elevate their game like no other to another level. So watching Andre Drummond, I, I feel like we have yet to see the best of Drummond, and that's scary. But I feel like we're going to get that with him playing alongside greatness because the expectations, he's never had to play with these type of expectations before. And with him having to play with these expectations and playing with greatness, I think he's going to elevate his level of play. Perk, Wendy was just on, and he said that don't expect that much from him and don't consider Drummond to be part of the big three of the Lakers. Agree or disagree? I disagree with Wendy because, listen, it was a lot of people out there trying to get him. And when I say trying to get him, meaning they wanted him to come in. And the reason that he was taking meetings is because he wanted to hear people hear their pitch, meaning – he didn't want to come in and not be a, a key piece to the puzzle or get significant minutes. So with him choosing the Lakers and with all they doing, you're seeing on the, on the uh, you know, just on the Lakers page with, with Jeannie Buss showing him around, like this is not, this is not an average signing. Like they're happy to have land him. And when you hear about how market rumors are, if they reached out or talked to Marcus all about how he feel, because they, he, they already know the writing is on the wall that he's going to come in and he's probably going to be in the starting lineup and he's probably going to be in the game when it matters the most. And that's down the stretch as well. Big Perk, um, I know you were on the Kyle Lowry train. You love his game. 
How surprised were you that he wasn't a member of the Lakers? I, 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 was, I was surprised, but I wasn't because I know how much they value Taylor Hart and Tucker. And I heard that was the key of the whole trade going down. I know how much the organization value him, and I know how much LeBron James and Anthony Davis value him. And they should. But I, I really thought that, you know, if they could make it happen for us with Dennis Schroeder uh, and the trade and, and Caldwell Pope and maybe another piece or whatever it could to, to get Kyle Lowry, I thought they should have went after him very, very aggressive. And I get it. Taylor Harden Tucker right now, well, what he's making on his contract is, is low risk for high reward. The ceiling is, is through the roof for him. we all seen how talented he is a big wing player, and it's hard to come by. Wing players these days with that type of talent on both ends of the floor and that type of tenacity, you just don't get that every day. So I get it, but I would have loved to see Kyle Lowry and LeBron James team up together. I really would have. I really love to hear all this love for THT because when I saw him a couple of games essentially sort of run the point. Now, these games were blown up blowouts, but he was basically running the point for these veterans and was doing so with such patience. I was blown away when I thought about the fact that he was only 20 years old. I think he has the potential, Perk, to be a star. I agree. I agree 100%. And he, he, he does. And that's the thing is that the Lakers know that. And that's why they don't want to give him up. That, that sample size that we saw in the preseason and those minutes that we see him when he gets significant minutes, and look, he's not always going to have 20 points a night or whatever the case may be, but you can see he's a game changer. Like, he's a game changer, and then he's relentless. He don't care. Like, he don't care about making mistakes. He don't care about none of that. And I, I just feel like, you know, in due time, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. He's going to be a guy that is capable of getting 20 points a night easy. Big Perk, let me just have one second to just switch positions here for a second and take a left turn. Um, can you tell the story, I watched you on Instagram, that apparently at your kids' AAU tournament, a big fight broke out amongst parents. I've lived this already, my man, um, in girls' soccer. Can you tell us what happened? Well, you know, it's, it's just it's just starting to get ridiculous, right? I have been away. I haven't been a part of AAU since I was in high school. And now you're watching it, and it's not even about the kids. It's more about everything about who's running the tournament. It's more so about the parents. I mean, you have parents that are – you know, going back and forth in the stands, arguing with one another, arguing at the referees, arguing with the coaches. And it's just like, hold on, what are we here for? Like, it's nine, ten, eight, nine, ten, eleven-year-olds in the gym, and, we, and people are going crazy. So I'm coaching my nine-year-old son and his team, and the referee's like, hold on, stop play. It's six courts in the gym. And we happen to be on the middle court, and the court on the side of us I just see two grown men literally just throwing down punches. And it's a crowd, everybody, you know, grabbing each other, yelling, cussing, doing all this. And here I am with a with nine nine year olds sitting on my bench watching all this happen. And I'm sitting up here saying to myself, while 
this is happening in a 10U game, right? The 10U players are watching it. And now, so you got nine on one team and nine on the other team for the 10U. And then you got nine players and nine players on the 9U, which makes about 36 to 40 players that are under the age of 10 watching grown people fight and ball on the court. And it was just very disturbing. I'm watching stuff that's going on. You know, you having you having kids that are twelve and eleven playing against ten yos. You have eleven and ten yos playing against nine yos, and it's just cheating the system. And I'm just sitting back saying, I mean, first of all, the fighting got to stop. But what are you teaching your kids in life for as morals? Like, if you're gonna teach them to cheat the game, you might as well tell them it's okay to cheat on the tests and they schoolwork. Yeah, man, I hear you. Perfect. Great no story, doubt, dude. Man. Great. It story. is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Some of that stuff is going on with these parents. It's nuts, Perk. Perk, you are the best, my brother. It's great to talk to you for a second time today. We love you, man. Thank you again for the time, as always. Thank you, brother. Hey, fellas, anytime, anytime, I definitely appreciate coming on. Anytime y'all let me know. Don't stay away from me for weeks now. At least have me on once a week. All right? I'm always <laughs> like to free. Hear that. All right, All right we got you, Big Perk. All Thank right. you so much. Now, when we start calling, don't be asking why we calling so much now. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to be okay. ready. All right. All right. All right, Perk. Be good. There he is. Kendrick Perkins with us here, ESPN NBA analyst. All right, coming up next, big deal or no deal? Back in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks a lot, Chris. Big deal or no deal, we're going to start off with LZ today, and it's going to be a Dodger question. LZ. Dustin May is officially the fifth starter, moving David Price, Tony Gonsolin, and Jimmy Nelson to the bullpen. Really just the David Price part. Is this a big deal or no deal? I'm going to do the Dustin May part. That's a big damn deal. We've been waiting for this young man. We've seen glimpses of this young man. Now, granted, David Price has the you know the chips and, and the, the accolades and obviously the bag and everything else, but Dustin May got the heat. So let's 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 go ahead and let's let this young man grow, make mistakes, learn all of that because he's going to be part of our future. Big deal. I'm with you on that one. It is a big deal. I think the story's the big deal. You know, David Price opted out of playing last year, and I would think that he goes to Dave Roberts and says, "Listen, I know, you know, I was on the team, but I opted out, and I'm back this year, and at this stage of my career, I'll do anything I can to help you guys win because I kind of feel like I missed out on what happened last year. And Dustin May absolutely 100% earned this role. So for me, from all sides, big deal. Uh, I'm going to go big deal as well. I, I mean, look, the fact that David Price making 30-something million dollars, right, and was brought here to be the number three starter last year and is now going to start come out of the bullpen, I think is a huge deal. Uh, it just goes to show you uh, how, how how many riches this particular team has, as we were talking about all week long here so far, and really just the whole exhibition season. But uh, 
But I'm with LZ, too, with the Dustin May part of it. I, I think that this kid has nasty stuff. I think he's star in the making. So the fact that he's in the rotation right now I think is huge. So big deal. What's next, Greg? Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to go to – we'll start with you, George, this time. The NBA buyout market is getting some criticism around the league. One executive from a small market team, which they oh, didn't yeah. actually say which small market team it was, according to Sports Illustrated. It's a definite concern. Without a doubt, players that are entering the buyout market will only be looking at contending teams. And most of the time, historically, their preference has been to go to the teams in the bigger markets. And it gives teams an opportunity to sit back and add players on minimum deals that they normally wouldn't be able to acquire. Is this a big deal or no deal? Um... I mean, look, I think it's a big deal in this regard. I think it's a big deal because this has always been the rub with the NBA, okay? And these small market teams are always complaining. But you know what? San Antonio has five championships, okay? And they're a small market team. Now, we can argue the Oklahoma City Thunder don't have any championships, but they've been a successful franchise, right? Like, it doesn't mean just because you're a small market team that you can't be good. Now, like in baseball, right, for example, you've got to be more shrewd, right? Andrew Friedman, the president of the Dodgers, got the Tampa Bay Rays to a World Series. You just have to be a little more savvy, perhaps, uh, particularly in the draft, right? And, and, and then you have to be able to extend those guys, keep those guys winning to a point where you extend them. So I, I think this is just a constant thing. It is a big deal because I ultimately these small market teams – complain so much that the league tries to create these rules like the uh, the Supermax and all that to try to curtail this stuff, and it never seems to work. But I guess some other rule change will eventually come down the pipe. Stop your b- New York is a big market team. Anybody trying to go there? Chicago's a big market team. Anybody trying to go there? L.A. was a big market team, and we went through one of the worst stretches in NBA history before LeBron showed up. So it's not about big market versus small market. It's about competence. Are you competent? If you're competent, then you're not worried about the buyout market because your roster is set. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you that this is no deal for me because I think if LeBron were in Cleveland and pursuing a championship – and Drummond played for L.A., and the Lakers weren't pursuing a championship because they weren't good enough, and LeBron were putting the recruiting onto Drummond to come join him in the buyout market, he might go to Cleveland regardless because LeBron was recruiting. This this notion of, of the big markets get whatever they want automatically guarantees them a championship is not accurate. So the games still have to be played. For me, this is no deal. Well, to your point about, real quick before we move on, about LeBron in Cleveland, you know, the fir- the reason he left the first time is he couldn't get anybody to go there. You know what I'm saying? But then the second time, after he had won, it was different. So, yeah, it, I, I do think this is just a, you know, a constant rub. All right, Greg, what's next? Oh, there we go. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so last week, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, if I could speak, live tweeted himself watching Green Lantern for the first time. Obviously, a very <laughs> terrible movie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so Re- Reynolds has made fun of the movie consistently in his Deadpool movies and other places. So, LZ, since you were just laughing, actors live tweeting their bad movies. Is this a big deal or no deal? 
big deal. I hope it catches on. I hope more and more do it. I hope J-Lo does all of hers. I hope that, like, I think it's awesome to be able to laugh at yourself. It's awesome. I, I laugh at myself L- all the time. I, I'm with LZ. I would love to, I would take it a step further, not only live tweeting it, because I've seen Seth Rogen also do this. Um, I would like to go a step further and do a little mystery science theater, right? Like, just take uh, these these bad movies, put the actors in, like, a, a room together, watching the movie, and then critiquing their the movie. Like, I think that would be fun and hilarious. That's a good idea, which is why I'm going to say no deal on this, because the likelihood of me sitting there on Twitter watching an actor make fun of himself watching his movie or her movie versus what they should do is they should watch the movie, show themselves watching the movie, post it on YouTube so that I can go find it whenever I want it. Live stream. I don't think you, I think there'd be some, some sort of like um, infringement issues there. Right. Wouldn't there be, I I would think you couldn't be able to do that without working with the uh, distribution companies and such. But well, it's yeah. just in theory. You understand? Right. Yeah. Just in theory. I mean, forget about the fact that YouTube will flag it and take it down for copyright infringement. But in theory, it's like, hey, I may not be available when you're doing but, this, right? But I will, I will say this though, Greg, because I'm a horny dog. If Green Lantern <laughs> is on, and it's not before the scene where he's naked, I will stick around for the naked part and then turn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough, right? Which I think is less about being gay and more just about just being a guy. We're just going to sit there and <laughs> yeah. watch naked people no matter what. Okay. If you're straight, you want to watch a naked? If, if Put it this way. I don't think dudes are sticking around watching reruns of striptease because of the dialogue. I'll put it that way. Fair enough. I'll I buy like that. it. I'll buy Greg, that. what's sold. next? All right, so Kurt Schilling was in the news just a, about a week or so ago, Why? and he says that he is leaving Boston after 14 years to, quote, find nicer people. <laughs> where, he's mov- <laughs> where, where he's moving to? Oh, yeah. Tennessee. Oh, so, man. Scott, is this a big deal or no deal? It's no deal. I mean, Kurt Schilling is completely irrelevant. You yes. know, it's been a really, really, really long time since he was relevant. And the fact that you say he makes news is interesting because he's looking for a place to find nicer people. I mean, as far as I know about Kurt Schilling and through all of his broadcasting and so on, he's been an ass to everybody from what I can gather. So I'm going no deal. Me too. No deal. I just, I agree. He's just irrelevant. I don't care. He's not worthy of me giving him any value. Okay. Greg, do you have another one? Sure, I can do another one. It's uh, not the most fun, but uh, you know, I'll just take a. No, then you know what? I got one. It's not about. It. It's not about death, is it? You're not going to say so and so is a tombstone <laughs> no, or something. I, 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 like, so and so dies. It's a big deal or no deal, right? <laughs> I was yeah. getting to the ends of all my my lists here. So hmm. no, no, it's fine. So, if you don't have one that's fun, I've got one that's at least interesting. Um, so here we go. NBA top shot parent company Dapper Labs said today it raised three hundred five million dollars. Uh, at a valuation now of $2.6 billion in a private funding round, according to the Wall Street Journal. Athletes like Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant have now been part of the funding. Other athletes like Stefan Diggs in the NFL has gotten involved. Some celebrities like Ashton Kutcher, Shawn Mendes, and Will Smith reportedly invested in this recent funding round. Big deal or no deal, LZ? Uh, well, it's a big deal because of the names that are involved, but it doesn't mean that's going to be a guaranteed success. Hashtag Planet Hollywood. Cap? Ooh. 
I'd say not really a big deal. Um, it's not no deal. It's just not really a big deal because deals happen all day long. You know, you're talking about this deal and, and how much money they've raised and what their valuation has become. And another story today was about Spotify and, and what they're doing and how they're buying they up. Locker room, con- right? They bought up Locker Room. And Locker yeah. Room, for most people who don't know what it is, because I really didn't know what it was, is a yeah. comparable uh, piece of software to Clubhouse, which, by Correct. the way, most people don't even know what Clubhouse is quite yet. So um, these sorts of deals happen all the time, and media companies are raising massive amounts of, of dollars, and crypto companies are raising massive amounts. So for me, these deals are happening all day, every day. I say no big deal. All right, I got a sports one for you. I'm giving you two bonus ones. Here we go. Ooh. Michael Thompson tweeted this out. Um, whoa, Pacquiao Crawford in June? I can dig that. Put me down as I'm intrigued. Pacquiao Crawford, LZ, big deal or no deal? As in Terrence no. Bud Crawford. Yeah, no, no, no deal. The Pacquiao part of it. The Pacquiao part. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, if you want to go fight Oscar De La Hoya, who's making a comeback or something like that, fine. Is he really? Yes, dog. Yes. Ooh, oh, <laughs> oh, it's a bad idea. Yes, yeah. yes. He has officially announced he is coming back. So, um, I would prefer he try and groom a guy like Ryan Garcia, but he wants to spend some time fighting too. So whatever. Um, so I'm going to say no deal. Yeah, okay. I'm, the, I'm in the no deal camp here. Also, however, I will say this: the rumors about a Tyson Holyfield fight is a big deal to me. I don't know for sure if it's going to happen. All signs are pointing to it happening in Miami because Florida's wide open and nobody cares. But all signs point to a Tyson Holyfield fight, and to me, that would be a big deal. That's where Canelo fought most recently. So, All right, that is big deal or no deal. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, guys. Uh, All right, coming up next, we've got – we do have another Dodgers story that I want to get to, and a big day in the NFL – We'll touch on that in the final segments. Don't worry. You want what you want to listen to UCLA and Michigan? We got it right here at 650. We're 10 minutes away, but we got one more quick segment next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I love this song. I haven't heard this in a long time. What a great song. You should uh, should take some Peloton classes. You take some Peloton classes, you'll hear this. (laughs) Yeah, That's true. True story. Yeah, I don't do Peloton. I have a tempo. Do you familiar with the tempo? Mm-mm. Tempo is basically like uh, tonal, but better because it's actually got real weights, not the crazy cables that can break. Um, but uh, I got a tempo. It's uh, it's more of a newer one. But I ordered it back in October. Wait, and it, it has weights? Is it on the wall? Uh, no, it actually comes with like a stand, and then the TV is like forty-two inches, but it's um, vertical. And it's touchscreen, everything, and it's got live classes, and it's, it's ba- you know it's got like like hit classes and stuff, and it's got all sorts of stuff, but it's all free weights. It's really oh here cool. it is tempo right. complete smart home gym. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we uh we're we're tonal people over here. Yeah, I didn't like the tonal because I was afraid of the wall thing and the cables and 
all that, and just, you know, I figured it could get screwy, you know? Oh, this is good. Oh, wow. I'd like to get yeah. one of these. Get, you know, if you can get the tempo, get in on that. I like it. I, I We really like it. We use there's, it a lot. There, there's a Google thing right now. I just put in tonal, and it, right, it came up tonal versus tempo. So there you go. There, my computer is hearing exactly what you're saying, oh, there's no and question. artificial intelligence there's, is it knows what I want. Well, it's not just your hearing. It's also Laura and Greg, who accuses us of talking like one percenters. Yeah. You do sound like one percenters, okay? <laughs> you know what, though? You say that, but I got to say, a lot of people this year are investing they, in home gyms. Right. Yes. And you know what? And I got to tell you something, Laura. Seriously, mm -hmm. it saved me a lot of money. The, the Peloton saved me a lot of money from a gym yeah. membership. I mean, I invested in gym equipment, but mine is like, you know, I think I spent like $250 on my elliptical and another $200 on my weight bench. And another hundred dollars. That's yeah. That's you buy that? stuff on Amazon, yeah. they'll send it to yeah. you. You know, it's not. I'm, but that that Peloton but thing. But mm. the Peloton is. is mm. I, get, I I know what you're saying. I, mm. I hear what you're saying. I hear you want to know saying. how much it was? I'll tell you right now. It was two thousand dollars, nineteen ninety five, and it was sixty five dollars a month, and they had a zero percent financing, and they. I mean, it was it was great to to do it that way. Sixty five bucks a month. Seriously. Yeah. Isn't there monthly fees too? I'm telling you, it's a grand total of sixty-five dollars. Sixty-five bucks a month, including the classes. Yeah, yeah. including the classes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. actually not a bad. Yeah. See, sounding no, like ninety-nine percenters. I'm not gonna apologize. <laughs> you can still sound like one percent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, you know what I've been watching with this? I've been watching the NCAA tournament a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, this Corona commercial with Kenny Smith and. Tony, what, Romo? Tony Romo? No. What I yeah. ended up watching was one night I was watching a game on True TV a couple weeks, last week, I want to say. And I came across a show that came on after because it just, like, I, I left it on. And there was this show called Fast Foodies. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen that show before? Mm -mm. I have not. Oh, my God. It's actually a hell of a fun concept. So they get these three chefs that are, like, legit chefs, right? And you come in as, like, the celebrity guest. Like, they had James Vanderbeek on, right? And he, you know, grew up here, right? So he wanted to recreate the In-N-Out burger. Um, and so they took their own spin on In-N-Out. Um, and But it was done, you know, not with – it was done with, like, gourmet ingredients. And it was really fun to watch. Like, I, and then I started they – they did something else with someone else about certain kind of pizza. Like, it, it's actually a fun show, and it's like a competition, so it, it makes it kind of interesting, too. I bought I, – I was – not ever huge into the food competition shows, but for this, for some reason, I this one caught my attention and I liked it for whatever reason. I'm taking a look at it right now. TrueTV.com slash show slash fast foodies. All right, I'm checking it out. Yeah. Like this week, I just got an email that said uh, uh, Charlotte McKinney will be their guest celebrity this week. So there you go. Um, Laura, do but, people who watch fast foodies on True TV sound like one percenters to you? No. Okay. There you go. See, Charlotte McKinney, her challenge to the chefs will be Carl's Jr.'s all-natural burger. She's a big fan of the of the Carl's Jr. burger. So there you go. Um, so I, I like the show. I, get, I like to watch it. Uh, you know what else I like to watch is the damn Dodgers and Corey Seager. I'm going to make a bold proclamation right now, LZ Granderson. You go Corey right ahead, Seager is going to win. Corey Seager is going to win the MVP this year. That would be lovely. I like collecting MVPs. I, mean, I like that. He, he's been incredible this exhibition season. Well, I mean, listen, when he came back from injury, um, you know, he wasn't himself. And I don't know, you know, what you guys were saying in your shows at the time, but certainly on the morning show, we were all sort of like going, well, if he can't bounce back, should we consider trading him? Should we be doing this? Should we be doing that? And in their normal genius, yep. 
you know, the Dodgers front office, led by our boy Drew, said, you know, be patient. Wait, this is going to take a while. And boy, was he right, because the postseason came around and he won all the MVPs, so it makes perfect sense, George and Cap, that he would go on, continue with that momentum, and collect one more MVP, and that would be the regular season one. Well, I'll just say this, that for all the excitement that Plaschke generated, you know, with his pom-poms and his short skirt yesterday cheerleading for the Dodgers, today, if you read Plunkett's piece, it was about, hey, look, there have not been teams to repeat. In fact, teams who won had a hard time even making the postseason the following year. So, That won't be the case this year, though. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But, you know, I don't know. It's such a great, bold prediction. He's, he's, He's definitely an MVP candidate going in. He was the World Series MVP. Yeah, but, you know, regular season MVP over 162 games, a different beast. That's, and that's, that's the, the whole deal. question right. about this team this year, which is, to me, why they're still so hungry. Yeah. This portion of the show is presented by Lyman Health Plan, changing health care one person at a time. All right, speaking of bold predictions, who you got? UCLA, Michigan. It's coming on this station in about a, uh, two minutes. Go ahead, Cap. Make a pick. Go. I'll take Michigan. LZ. Blue. You said Michigan. You wanted Michigan to win. No, blue is Michigan. Blue is Michigan. Go blue. Oh, I'm picking UCLA. Greg and Laura are definitely picking UCLA, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Let's go, UCLA. Go, Bruins. All right. Go, Juwan Howard. Go, Fab Five. Excellent work, LZ. You too, brother. Excellent work, Cap. Much love, everybody. Great job, Laura and Greg. UCLA, Michigan, up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 355. See ya.